If you're just tuning in and want to find out more about what this podcast is about, then either read the description or go to the intro episode. Uh, hello and welcome everyone to the new episode of the CSAP podcast called The Tales from the CSAP Floor. This week's episode is going to be called Cracking the ASC Code. And joining me today are two representatives of the engineering side of CSAP. Nicolas Cervini from Argentina, and we have Fong Nguyen from Germany. What I would like to do is I would like to start with a bit of background with you, Nico. Can you tell us a bit about your journey in Cisco? The 16 years must have been a, a long way, so I would like a short life story, if you may. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll try to summarize 16 years in a couple of <laughs> seconds. So basically, I started as an intern, always in the um, system engineer side of the house. And after a couple of years, I had the opportunity to join CSAP as an ASE. After graduation, I had the opportunity to play different roles with Cisco as a system engineer covering different segments and business like public sector, enterprise, commercial, partner organization. Three years ago, I took the role of uh, system engineer manager for CSAP. Mm-hmm. Fung, so you're a general IT enthusiast. I'd say we've, you've had talks here in CSAP about blockchain. You have your own startup. So you're kind of the new generation of uh, engineers coming. So can you tell us a bit about how did your curiosity of of IT start, I would say? So I'm in CSEP since August, so around a bit more than six months. Can't compete with the 16 years of (laughs) Nicolas. Um, But yeah, how did it start? I'm very passionate about IT and technology. I studied business engineering in Germany. So I studied business and to go deeper mechanical engineering. So I'm not spot on IT. Mm -hmm. But that caught my curiosity. So when you study mechanical engineering, it's about planes, it's about cars, engines, etc. But then you see, okay, there's the IT trend, the digital trend. You cannot neglect it. And the second point is it's very, very interesting. So during my studies, I already saw it, kind of the Internet of Things movement as well. And that's why my interest shifted towards networking technologies. Mm-hmm. So was it easy to do that shift? Because we have guests already from the engineering perspective. How easy it was to make that shift from, I mean, the different types of engineering, as I assume. So as I studied both business and engineering, I did different experience students during my studies. It was on the one side business consultancy. So I saw certain projects. And on the other side, classic industry topics. And there kind of the interest emerged. Let's say I am a general tech enthusiast, like Fong, probably even less, I'd say. I want to be on the brink of technology. I want to find out what's new in the world. But at the same time, I'm not a programmer. I don't know code. And this is all kind of scary for me. So when I first hear the associate systems engineer in the description, I see the word engineer and I'm kind of you know freaked out a little bit. So Nico, can you tell us a bit more about the possibilities for people like that within Cisco? The Position opened the door to many different um, backgrounds and people with different backgrounds coming to the company, actually. The associate system engineer role is, is a role for someone that is interested in technology, but is someone that is not an expert today, right? Because part of learning the expertise is what you will do during the program. Like Fuong was saying before, there are a lot of different people joining the company and the program with engineering background, but some others are not. And the program is the right platform to, to help you to develop in a sense that at the end of the year, at the end of the CSAP, you can find your own way in the system engineer position, right? And they are not one single system engineer uh, type of person, right? Each system engineer 
may have different style, also may have some different skills, but what is common to all of them is the passion for technology and the passion for serving customers. Mm -hmm. And I would also say that, and Fong, correct me if I'm wrong, but for people like that, I think if you're not sure, I mean, you want to be involved with technology in the future, but you you don't want to limit yourself to some one single thing. And probably when some people hear an engineer, you assume that this is going to be this one single thing, but it's not because the positions that you can take vary architecturally first, so you don't have to be networking, you can be data center, you can be collaboration. But even in that, there is still a lot more positions you can explore even within the engineering role. Let's talk about a little other scenario. So let's say I'm an engineering student and I finished IT engineering. I've been working with enterprise networking for a couple of years. I have a thesis written on this. So what are my options here? What are, If I already know that I want to do, I don't know, access points for the rest of my life, this is my love and I want to keep doing that. What can Cisco offer me here? We have people every year coming with different interests and passions. Some of them really come with strong interest in the IoT, Internet of Things. Some others on security, data center. So if you bring your passion and experience here, then that's something that will be a plus for you because during the year you will get development on the technical area. But what I think is going to also help is the development you will receive on the business and communication skills that are also needed and very relevant for the role. Fung, so what's your plan? Which group would you associate yourself with? Are you the more technical? Do you want to do more sales? What's your What's your future plan? So I can confirm that you can follow different tracks in terms of engineering and sales. What I learned through CSAP, the program, they're the different architectures at Cisco, and I have high interest for data center, but I'm also open to adjacent areas. So data center is connected to security, is as well connected to networking, so that is my road. So as a core data center, and I will be open for the adjacent topics. So let's talk a bit more about actually getting in and the assessment center. So although we've talked about the assessment center on our previous episodes, there are definitely some highlights that we would like to talk today. And although the process itself is similar, we still have the presentation, there's still the role play, there's still the test, but we're looking for a little bit different things here, right, Nico? So let's talk about the technical test. So what is that about? What are we looking for? And Fong, I'll guess, how do we prepare? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, that's a very good point. The technical test, uh, even though the name sounds a little bit scary, is not something to be scared, right? It's actually, we have a simple uh, test, which is a tool that we use to measure the ability that people have to solve problems. So it's something that you cannot prepare for, right? We want to see the ability and the creativity to use to solve different challenges and situations. Mm -hmm. Is that something like an IQ test or is it like no, puzzle solving no. or what is it? No, well, it's a little bit of everything, right? Mm -hmm. You will get questions that will tell us about your level of curiosity, for example, how much you you are connected to the industry, you know, what's your favorite technology, mm -hmm. a little bit of math. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's something that you should not be afraid of. You should embrace it. Mm -hmm. Right, and taking as an opportunity to show the ability you have to solve different challenges and situations. If you are into IT or if you are passionate about technology, that's something that you can easily do. Fong, what would you say about that? So referring to the technical test, I can confirm it covers diverse topics. It is, um, in my test, it was about, can I actually say that? Or? Yeah, of course. <laughs> in my test, uh, there were parts about mechanics, so physics, also about APIs and there was a code snippet to interpret 
what it does, and also a little business analysis. Mm -hmm. So diverse things to test, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're looking here for like a kind of a profile of just a general IT enthusiast, I'd say. Is that what we're looking for? Partially, yes, we are, but we are looking, again, we we don't believe in kind of like tagging people. We are looking for people with the interest, mm -hmm. we're looking with people with the passion, the natural curiosity, and the desire to be developed in this role, right? Mm -hmm. And again, we don't look for someone with experience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people, when apply to the role, if they don't come from IT or the typical telecommunication studies, they tend to believe this is gonna be impossible or it's gonna be really difficult, and again, we are not assessing your knowledge, right? We are assessing your potential, mm -hmm. right? So definitely, as uh, Fuong was saying previously, this is a role. If you are passionate about technology, if you have a natural curiosity on how things work and you want to be the bridge between technology and business, this is a great role for you. The next part we would like to highlight about the assessments are probably the interview because everything else, the presentation and the role play mm -hmm. are more more or less, if you listen to our previous episode, you'll get a hang of it. So, Fong, tell us about the interview. Did you prepare for it? Were there any questions that caught you off guard? How'd it go? Uh, yes, so there were, as you said, different stages at the assessment center. I prepared for kind of all stages except for the personal interview. Mm -hmm. because, Why is that? Because that was more really on your intentions, etc. So for that one, I couldn't really prepare, actually, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. So you just went in there hoping for the best? I just went in and was open for the interest of the other side, the questions, why do I want to join Cisco? Mm -hmm. So maybe I, I just wanted it to be more open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, it's more of a finding out the potential rather than the knowledge. Yeah, which I believe actually is the right strategy for the interview, if you ask my opinion. I think it's good when candidate comes natural, when candidates come with the desire to talk and to see if they are a good fit for the role, but also if the role is a good fit for them, mm -hmm. right? So I think you did the right thing. Maybe I can share a little bit of some of the tips for them to feel more confident because coming natural is very important, but also the interview is the opportunity to show why you are here. Mm -hmm. Right. And people, when they apply for the role, they know, yeah, I don't have too much experience on this field. But I don't think that's the case. You know, if you went through university, I'm sure you have plenty of experience. You have gone through different situations. You have done different tasks. So use those to tell us why you want to do this role. You know, share that great project you did at university. Share that situation, that thesis that you write, and what was the motivation, the drivers. You know, there are a lot of things you can leverage from your university times that are very relevant in the interview process. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Carl? Yes, I think you should have a story. Why do you want to join Cisco? And then on your arguments, when you say, I think Cisco is innovative, or I like Cisco culture, then you should be able to underline like on what basis? Why do you think Cisco is innovative? Why do you think the culture of Cisco is special? Yeah, uh, and that also comes back to a point we made in our previous episode. It's that homework is good, but don't over-prepare for it. Correct. I mean, if you want to say something, again, why Cisco, you should be prepared that there will be a follow-up question to that. So if you're just trying to say, I like Cisco to get in, there will be a follow-up that's going to be probably not so good if you're not yeah. ready for it. But then again, correctly, the more natural you are, and I would say that uh, many people don't do that, but questions is also a very important thing. The role is an interesting opportunity for you to develop, but it's not for everyone, and not everyone would like to apply to it. And even when you apply, you probably can have second thoughts. So 
asking questions about something you don't understand is a very crucial point and actually shows that, well, you're curious about whatever's happening. You're not just signing up for send me anywhere, I'll do anything, but you have a, a plan, I would say. So coming talking about plans, so Fung, when you applied, you did have a plan in, in your head or like a pre, pre-notion of what you're going to be doing. So how did the expectations meet the reality? How did it work together? You mean in the assessment center? No, I mean in general, before coming here and now that you're here and now that you're actually doing what you were supposed to be doing, how are these expectations and reality different? Yeah. So after now, I'm being in the program a couple of months. I'm very impressed. And how I like to describe it, each day when I go to work and I see topics that I have maybe challenges with to understand, I want to deep dive into it. I have to solve problems or find solutions. That is what is motivating me, and I'm very happy to do it with colleagues. So I'm very motivated coming here, being challenged, having the colleagues to network, having fun as well. So I'm happy with the foundation that we get. I'm happy about the content that we dive through, and yes. Let's try to walk through a day of an associate sales engineer or a sales engineer in the future. Because for me, it's, it's I mean, still, when you put systems and sales and engineering in one, one pack, it kind of confuses you a bit. What are, actually are you going to do? So can you both help us, like, walk me through a day of an engineer? How does it work? So there are no days that are equally the same. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I can say. You know, when you come to the office, you will be working in teams, of course, even though you are engineer, you're gonna be part of a bigger team. You're gonna be in constant connection with your sales peer as well as other engineers. Then you need to be, as I said before, you need to be the bridge between business and technology. So there are multiple different tasks and activities we do with our uh, partners as well as with our customers. So I can give you a couple of examples. So every project you are uh, working in, you need to understand first of all what is what the company is trying to achieve. Right, and what are the priorities from uh, the IT department or the IT manager? For that, you can have multiple meetings, you can have dedicated sessions, and once you get the whole idea about this, then is when you start playing the key role. When it's you telling the customer how you are going to help them to achieve what they want to achieve, and then it's you picking the right Cisco architectures and solutions, making initial design with them, discussing it over a whiteboard, going through PowerPoint presentation, sometimes doing proof of concepts and labs. There are multiple tools that we can use. And that's why I was saying there are no days that looks the same because every customer has a different need and every customer has required some type of customization from what we do. But the really interesting part is all the different possibilities that you can use as a system engineer and all these different tools and options that you can use to run different type of projects. So that's more of the sales side over the position. So Fong, can you walk us through about the more engineering part of what you do? Yes. So currently as an ASE, we follow different tracks or that are covering my uh, daily life. For example, I'm handling cases. Uh, we call them kind of virtual cases. It can be about designing a technical solution. It can be about selecting products and features that are fitting for a certain problem weighing out pros and cons. So one topic, virtual cases. Another topic is assess role plays. So with Nicolas, for example, as a manager, we are preparing for those situations where we encounter customers and then we simulate a situation. For example, there was a security incident and how do we handle that? How are we providing a solution to that? And as a third point during CSAP, 
we're doing, for example, a software project where we learn programmability. Mm -hmm. So we have this big role that encompasses sales and engineering, consulting the client and the team inside Cisco. So we have a lot of stuff to cover. And at the same time, it's changing as fast as technology is changing. We're rolling out new products every year. We're acquiring new markets. We're doing a lot of stuff and we need to change with that. So let's talk a bit about the future. Nick, you've been in engineering for 16 years already. So you, you probably have the most leverage here to talk about the future of, of engineering. So with my little understanding of what technology, how would the inner workings of it actually happens, I do still notice very big trends in IT in general. So how do you think these trends will affect the position? So do you see it going somewhere? What's the evolution of the role of an ASC mm -hmm. after CSAP and his general role? I strongly believe that the ASCs after CSAP and the ASCs, the system engineers, the role is going under major transformation. So if you look back in time, maybe a couple of years ago, like three, four years, we still have the traditional type of ASC and system engineer, but since three years ago, we started to shift more the development and actually the responsibilities that a system engineer is doing in the field. It shifts more towards software, more towards programmability, more towards different new set of skills that was not needed before. They are crucial and critical today. So I see the future continue going in that direction. I believe the both and the ASC will have to prepare for future role when you will need a lot of those skills like programmability, being able to leverage APIs and show customer how can Cisco solutions can integrate with other, how you can extract data from one solution and use that data to bring uh, potential automation and other type of solutions. So there are a lot of things that you can do today if you are able to read and understand what the Cisco products and solutions are doing. Mm -hmm. And that will be the critical part, how you add this specific layer of software on top of it so you can bring automation and you can make IT more relevant for the business. And this is the relevance of IT for the business because the technology can be as good as it gets, but you still need someone who's going to show how it works and why do we actually need this. Because even for us, when we talk about sales, we're always trying to talk about the value of the product, not the characteristics, because the characteristics are, I mean, you can just put them on a paper, people can read them afterwards, but what is the value? And this is what the ACs actually bring to the table. Mm -hmm. That's we've said multiple times, they're the bridge between the white paper and the solution that is bringing business advantage to the client. So, Fong, uh, you're going to become an SC in, what, four months, I'd say? What would be your advice for future ASCs joining CSAP? What are some of the things that they should work on besides the general program they're going to have here in Cisco? So they're going to have their sales training, their technical tests, but what are other things that they should probably do if they want to be a successful SC when they finish CSAP? So... What I think when they join and what will be important later on is still as a sales engineer is a sales talent. What we have as a word internally kind of a business architect to really deeply understand the business and the problems of the customers to fit technology on it. And as you said, today it gets more and more focused on the output. So not only just on a technical, so a sales talent. What is also helpful as an SE later on is creativity a lot because nowadays we have programmability. You need the creativity to connect the different products and solutions. It may be that you're an expert on one system, but if you're not open enough on a mindset level for different solutions and different APIs, technologies, you are not able to connect. 
And that grafts in with networking. To get this openness, you have to be able to network very strongly, think pragmatically and in the long term, what is really solving the customer's problem? Because if you just put products on it, then it may fade away. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, uh, gentlemen, we've definitely cracked the code today. Yes. So in order to kind of s summarize everything that we've talked about today, so uh, no matter from what kind of technical background you're coming, whether you are a general IT and technology enthusiast or you're a code wizard and you want to keep doing that, uh, there are possibilities and in, uh, in, here in CSAP, whether you want to focus on one specific thing or you want to have a scope of options in front of you, CSAP is definitely the place to go. So uh, I wouldn't have managed to crack the code without my perfect guests. So thank you, Nico and Fong, for having, uh, for having me, for joining me today. Um, and I hope we'll see you in other episodes. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation.